This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Cut this off. Could somebody make a free throw? One time? One time, Kyle. Like, what? One. Just one. Can I get... uh, can if you go to the line thirty-two times, can I get seventy-five percent? Can they make three out of four free throws? If the Sacramento Kings hit seventy-five percent of their free throws, which is not good by the way, seventy-five percent from the line is bad. That's pretty. That is down near the bottom of the league. The yes. Kings for the season are seventy-three point three percent going into last night. Worse now somehow. If they go in, if they shoot seventy-five percent, that is mid as hell. If they shoot 75%, they win that game last night. If they make six additional free throws out of the 32 they got, by the way, I'm not asking you to make 30. I didn't even ask you to make 28, 24 of them. I need three out of four. They win that game last night. Mm. This is two games now. Out of the last four, and free throws have been a problem all year. You said it. We were sitting in a game at Golden 1 Center, and you went, you know what? I can tell when they're going to have a bad game based on how they shoot their first few free throws. Yep. That's this is a problem. Figure it out. <sighs> Kyle's heated. Good I'll, Lord, I'll, I'll say dude. this, Kyle. I think the one thing, if you, like there are so many things in sports that we can say, oh well, I would have done it. Like no, no, no. You would not have been able to run over the middle and catch that touchdown no, pass. No doubt. No, no doubt. you would not have been able to go up and dunk that ball. Right. No, you would not have hit the three point shot to win it at the buzzer. You would have not done it. You you could not have dove down over the third base bag, got up and gunned a guy at first base. It would have not that would not have happened. Right. But so many people could step to a free throw line and just maybe hit seventy five percent. You could accidentally hit three out of four. Yes. Just bank them in. You shoot him shoot him Rick Berry style. Rick Berry style. Yep. Go go granny shot with it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, dude, like this is the thing. Uh, Look, we'll, we'll 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 dig into to why the Kings lost last night. We'll dig into their four game losing skid. We'll talk about the trade deadline. We'll talk about Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter, and we'll do uh, De'Aaron Fox. We'll do all that. But at the core of this, the reason that they did not beat Phoenix came down to missed free throws. If they hit a couple free throws against Phoenix down the stretch, Malik Monk and Darren Fox each missed one. Yep. If they hit a couple free throws down the stretch, Phoenix is not able to win that game. Didn't they miss free throws? Uh, no, I'm sorry, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. It was the Milwaukee game. The Milwaukee that's my game. Fault. Yeah, that's okay. The Milwaukee game. Yes. They make a couple free throws. That game doesn't go to OT. 
they're they're not losing an OT. It is that's what it is. Last night they make a couple more free throws. Maybe that game goes differently. Hmm. And I I I there I know that that's not the thing. I know that there are so many elements to it. And like I said, we'll dig into everything. But on a basketball court, you get to step to the line with no defense and shoot a 15-footer. It's you, just, you just have, sitting there. You have to make it. You yeah. have to make it. Not even, like I said, I'm not asking for anything crazy. I'm not asking for 95%. I'm not asking for 100%. I know that's unrealistic. You're going to miss sometimes. Mm-hmm. But 18 out of 32, is that 58%? From professional basketball, like, and this isn't this isn't the Pistons. This is a really freaking good basketball team. Yeah, with but really freaking good players on it. I'm telling you, man, I, it's such a red flag for this team. And I brought it up to you earlier. We had the moment with Harrison Barnes early, uh, like, and, and I just went back and looked. It was a Detroit game, mm-hmm. right? Right in the first second of the game, Harrison Barnes gets the ball. He's not part of the offense, but all of a sudden he is. He gets the ball. He attacks the rim. He flings it out to the corner for an open three. They miss the three, but they come back down the next possession. He gets the ball again, races right to the rack, goes up for a layup, gets fouled, goes to the free throw line, misses two free throws. Mm -hmm. The Kings are still scoreless, like two minutes into the game, misses two free throws. They go on to give 47 points in that first quarter. That's what I mean. You can see it. There's something with the focus of this team early in games, often, where you you know it. And if they start missing them early, they're going to miss them all night long. And that's, again, you just lost two games because of free throw shooting. Yeah. Straight up. I mean, you did. Yep. So, I mean, I don't. there's no way to sugarcoat it. Some of these guys are career 80-something percent free throw shooters. Some of them aren't great free throw shooters. I mean, De'Aaron Fox has never been a great free throw shooter. Sure. I think he shot 78% last year. What's he shooting? 71, 72% right now? Yeah. It's just like whatever the focus is, I know that they've done nothing but shoot free throws at practice the last couple of days. It's been like a super, super hot button uh, issue with this team, and they're, they're working on it. Right. But what it really comes down to, it's not a mechanical issue. It's somebody's got the yips. Like, as a team, they have the yips. And I'm not sure how you fix that on the fly, except for one day it's not going to be a problem. We're going to forget about it. And that's what free throw shooting should be. It's something that you shouldn't even worry about. Mm-hmm. It's like kicking a an extra point in the NFL. Like, you should, you should make all of your extra points. Every once in a while, there could be a bad snap or you could slip. I'm talking one a year at the most, but more like one every two or three years you might miss. Sure. I don't know if you've ever kicked a, a field, uh, an extra point. It literally, you can just swing your leg through and put the ball through their upper uprights. Yeah. You don't need a step. You don't need anything. But it's it's such a basic thing. And when someone loses that ability, just like they, the Kings have lost their ability to make free throws, then it becomes a, a complete mental thing. Mm-hmm. Like, look... You think Malik Monk wants to miss free throws? Definitely not. No, it's it's killing that guy for sure. He he eight of eight of seventeen from the free throw line his last three games. Yeah, I mean he took to Twitter what after the first game uh-huh. and apologized. Yes, apologized, and then last night goes one of six, including an opportunity to cut the lead down to what it was one. It, yeah, it was one twenty four, one twenty one, and he missed both free throws. Yeah, and the first one you knew he needed to make the first and miss the second. 
mm-hmm. right? Because it was down to the wire and they needed to get a rebound, get the ball, get another right. shot up, right? But to miss the first one, it's just, again, he doesn't mean to. I know he doesn't. I know mm-hmm. he wants with all of his heart to win a game, but it's the lack of, of focus in the moment that has become a problem with this team. And it's an overall, like, just a, an obvious, like, red flag every time they walk into a game. So I, I think because you, you see guys doing their free throw routines, right? Mm-hmm. Like Giannis famously had the, the Suns crowd counting down in the finals yeah. a couple years back because he was taking so long. Uh, Michael Scott in the in the basketball episode of The Office very of famously has this really long free throw thing. But you have a free throw routine because you're not, that's just what you do. You don't think about it and you shoot it. And sometimes it doesn't go in. It's like, oh, okay, that's weird. Okay, do my routine again. You just do it. But like you said, I, I don't I don't know if at this point, like I don't think Malik Monk missed free throws last night because of a, of a lack of focus. I think it's what you mentioned earlier. Like now it's a thing. Yeah. Now instead of going to the line and going, okay, I'm going to do two dribbles. I'm going to spin it in my hands once. I'm going to bend my knees twice. And then I'm going to go into my shooting motion or whatever your routine is. Now it's, oh God, I have to make it. How do we? How do I do this? Okay, mm-hmm. let's see. I, it, another example here. We're just gonna use examples. Um, I used to live in an apartment complex. Not to brag, but there was a gate code to get in. And when I forget what the code was, but I just remembered the pattern of that my hand needed to go in to hit the right buttons. And then one day I pulled up and I was doing something, and I reached out for the thing and went, "Oh my god, I don't know the number." I can't, I couldn't get to like my, the pattern of my brain that I had just punched up. I didn't know that I just, and so that's what I think is happening to, to Malik specifically. Cause he's a, he's a good free throw shooter. He's way better than he's been. And I think he's going to be fine. Overarching point about this. I don't think Malik Monk's going to shoot 50% from the line for the rest of the year. Mm-mm. But in, in this space right now, I think Malik and maybe with some other players where they're getting to the line and it's like, okay, what do I do now? I have to make this free throw. And instead of just going through their routine, it's a whole thought process. It's going, okay, oh boy. Like, all right, I've already missed three tonight. I need to make this one. Let's get, instead of just going, all right, let's go. Like, yeah, you need to make them, but okay, I'm going to go through my routine. I've shot 10 million free throws in my life. Here's another one. Yeah. I mean, for uh, for comparison, Malik shot 88.9% from, from the free throw line last Jeez. year. Jeez. He's at 81.4 right now. The year before that, he did shoot 79.5. It wasn't great, but last year with the Kings, 88.9. He's a career 84.4% shooter, and right now he's shooting 81.4. Like in 3% might not seem that bad to people, but mm-hmm. it's more like he's he's 7% off, almost 8% off what he averaged last year at the yeah. free throw line. Yeah, And I, I just think it's an overarching theme with this team that they're just a little bit off. And we saw it with Kevin Herter for six weeks. Where Kevin Herner mm-hmm. was in his own head shooting three-point shots. Yeah. Just in his head. All of a sudden, it's not there anymore. He figured yep. it out. Goes down, a couple go down, and you're like, all right, I'm back. It's not like he went out there and relearned how to shoot the three-point <laughs> shot, worked on it you know, every single day to make sure that he knew how to three shoot a three-point shot again. No, it just it came back. I'd yeah. bet. I would bet with Herter specifically while we're here, I would bet that there wasn't even like, okay, we're going to bring in a shooting coach and have you go through these drills to learn how to shoot again. Mm. Like it wasn't, I'm guessing it was just like, all right, shoot a no, bunch I mean, of shots until they start going in. <laughs> the Kings did that one year with, um, with Tyreek Evans. He brought in Keith Vaney, the shot doctor. Oh, obviously. And, and he worked with him on, on shooting the ball. It faded in, away all the time. In season. He would fade away with his upper body. Yes. So he would like 
lean back it's while weird. he was shooting. It yeah. was very strange. Yeah. And again, if you ever talk to his brothers, they blamed it on his experience with, with Cal at, uh, at Memphis. They said that he, like Tyreek was a great three point shooter all the way through high school, like junior high, everything he gets to, he gets to Memphis and they took away the three point shot from him and then messed with him and, and wouldn't let him shoot it. And then when he did, he felt like self-conscious about it. And oh, weird. next thing you know, he had a, he got the yips. And then late in his career, you saw it. He was like a 38, 39% shooter from three. He was perfectly fine, Yeah. but it took a long time to get there. And, and it took some, some focus and some mental coaching and, yeah. and everything else to get there. But yeah, this is just weird. It's, it's weird to see a team, that were, I think the expectations are catching up to them a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now they're making the little mistakes that they didn't make last year. And it, it just sticks out so, so egregiously. You just yeah. like, I, I see it. You, you know, just right there in it's, your face. It is truly wild how different they're 23 and 18. The exact same mark they were at at this point last year. Mm. 23 and 18 after 41 games. But last year, they're. To get to 23 and 18, they were 20 and 18. They won three in a row as part of a six game winning streak. This year, they were 23 and 14, mm. and they've now lost four in a row. And it just, it, it's, it's crazy how different the vibe is because last year it was like, man, light the, light the freaking beam. And this is, this is going to be a playoff team. This is about the time of year where it was like, oh, like they're they're for real for real. They're legit. Like they're, this is a the the, the shoe's not going to drop. There's no there's no second shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. This is a good team. So um yeah man it's I don't I don't think that like I said I don't think they're going to shoot fifty percent from the line for the rest of the year and I honestly don't think that this is going to be something that you know come playoff time or I mean at this rate play in time that we're going to be talking about but. In the midst of everything they have going on right now, all the things we talk about, the fact that two games out of these four, it's been like, man, if they would knock down free throws, would have gone a little different. It's very, very frustrating. So, all right. Let's let's elevate this conversation. <laughs> let's get away from some of the free throws. We'll talk about that a little bit, but but we have some other stuff to get to in James' six quick thoughts. That's coming up next. We're with you till noon on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. This is ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320. All right. We've whined about free throws enough. <laughs> of course we have. At some point they'll make them. We'll hear from Demonis Sabonis, by the way. Demonis Sabonis had some interesting stuff to say in the locker room after the game last night. Uh, we will hear from him, thanks to some video courtesy of our very own uh, James Ham. Yeah, I, I with just to put a cap on the free throw thing while I stall so I can uh, let this music run out so I can play our six quick thoughts intro. Um, just the last point on the on the free throw thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to make it very clear that this is not a wow. They lost last night because they didn't make free throws. Like if you add up six more free throws to the score, yeah, they win. But it was not the only reason that last night got sideways on the Kings. No. Yeah. So no, let's. I, there, there's plenty of reasons, and we'll get to them. 
Yeah, let's get to them right now with six quick thoughts. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. Hey, six quick thoughts sponsored by uh, maybe you. RichTrackRipley.Odyssey.com. If you own a business or work somewhere that wants to sponsor this segment, go ahead. There uh, it is. James, fire away. Uh, they are free, right? I mean... 18 and 32 from the three from the free throw line. <laughs> We're talking about free throws. All right, free throws. Yeah, uh, okay, it is what it on, is. Go on, uh, go on. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Brown may need to scrap everything else and just do the miss a free throw run. Miss a free throw run just for the next couple of days of practice. If you miss a free throw, everybody runs. And I don't care who it is. Hit your free throws. I, I put up a video after yesterday's practice, the day before practice. Of the Aaron Fox hitting what twenty five straight, probably. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't miss. And then we get to the game, and you know, I was his free throw shooting even as sure he missed a couple, but it's just something something's wrong, and I don't know how to fix it, other than to say they got to focus. You know, I mean, whatever it is, I generally don't know how to go. Hey, just make it. <laughs> yeah that's what it that's that's really what it comes down to it's not a matter of form it's not right they need to see they need to have a night malik monk and this isn't a team thing it's not like hey domas went 12 for 12 from the free throw line and now malik's making them individually uh they they need to see a couple go down and i think that's what it comes down to yeah right. yeah i think so too number two uh De'Aaron fox never really got going until the fourth quarter in this game um Ish. 24 points, 6 assists, uh, oh, 5 rebounds in 40 minutes. I, I swear I had 5 rebounds. Was that 6? Uh, yeah, it says 6 on here. Yeah, I, that's right. Yeah. Oh, then he did get an extra uh, rebound because it wasn't 6 before. Uh, last night it wasn't. It was 24 to 6 and 5 after the game. Got it. Uh, that's okay. Uh, anyway, um, he just didn't look like himself, and his defensive issues with TJ McConnell were, were crazy and it wasn't just him and Mike Brown was clear to point out that someone should have cut the baseline the entire time and yes. stopped that and it, that was a like what are we doing he cooked everybody everybody but it's because when he got to that position every there should have been a second man there and then I guess Mike was even saying he goes under the basket where he's behind the basket and comes back up and under. And that's why it looks like he can he just keeps scoring when you don't expect because no one expects him to come mm. back up to the rim yeah. for a shot. And so it's just kind of a weird thing that he does, mm-hmm. but he's really good at it. And the Kings did not adjust. And that's not the first time that TJ McConnell has absolutely cooked De'Aaron Fox and the Sacramento Kings. It, you know, and again, the Sacramento Kings as a whole. There had to be an adjustment there where somebody else said, "I got baseline. I'll stop the. I'll stop right, the drive." Right. Yeah. And no, didn't yeah, happen. He, he got a shoulder through De'Aaron, uh, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray. De- it just Kevin everybody, Herter, everybody. Malik Monk. Uh, pick a person. Yeah. Name that King. McConnell. He, he got thrown. Scored on him. Yeah. yeah. That was not not great. Although the the worst part is when it was announced that Tyrese Halliburton is out. Mm-hmm. I saw people in the chatty house and on Twitter like, well, TJ McConnell's cooking tonight. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, man, I think, that's that's a tough spot to be in. And the crazy thing is he only scores 20. 
It felt like he scored 45. Right, because it's TJ McConnell. Well, but he scored 20, but once you did try to stop him, he crushed you. Yeah. And, and he ended up with 10 assists. He's a good player, man. He's a good that, little That's player. the thing, is is this isn't some rando who's never going to play in the NBA again. Yeah, I TJ just... TJ McConnell's been around, and he is a good guard. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you wish you had on your team every single time yeah. you see him play. You're like, man, he's, how do you get TJ McConnell? the Michael Jordan and Matthew Dellavedovas. There it is. That's, that's very, very good. Thank you. N- number three. Headband herder. You did this to spite me. I did. And it, I don't like it. <laughs> it's taken after you know, season. You know, I get a buzz for this. <laughs> it's a complete uh, crap. I agree. It appears that Kevin Herter has found himself. Uh, man, when he's hitting Kyle, he has an ability to draw the entire defense one way. Mm-hmm. Everyone starts to fade towards him as he's coming off that DHO at the top of the key. The dribble they, handoff. They all chase him right out to the outside, and he still has the ability to get the shot, shot off. 7 of 12 from long range, 31 points. Career high, mm-hmm. 31 points. Wow. He had been stuck at like he got to 30 last year, which was the first time he'd ever hit 30. And then uh, last night, 31 points. Uh, he is the offense, he is the ingredient that has been missing from this offense. Yep. If they can find a way to get this to bottle it and have him become the player he was last year, this team goes right back into the top five of offensive rating in the league. That's it. Yep. That's that is so much what it comes down to. So much of it rides on Kevin Herter, mm-hmm. and it's not. It, it is the confidence that he's shooting him. That he's shooting him with. He's coming off the dribble handoff, and he's stepping backwards. He's stepping right. He's feeding Domas. He's just he's playing with so much more confidence on the offensive end than he was at, at any other point since he got benched in the preseason. He did. I did have this funny exchange with him and Domas in the locker room in pregame. So. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, you got a haircut. Because I don't know if you noticed the the road trip, Kevin Herter started to have like a little flip thing mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. And uh, Domas is like, I was trying to get him not to cut it. And Kevin's like, you're just trying to make me look stupid. <laughs> they were going back and forth. Either way, he, he did cut his hair. And I think he, uh, you know, cleaned it up a little bit. He I started to look like a quail. I think he does it himself with the headband. Oh. It looks terrible. <laughs> like, I'm just being honest. Yeah. It's got to go. I love the headband. Headband herder. I'm you know, number five. Uh, feed him. Demonis Sabonis camped out in the lane and demolished his former team. 18 of 13 from the field. He was 8 of 9, I think, to start, so maybe he did miss some shots. 21 points, 10 assists, 11 rebounds, 24th double-double, 12th triple-double, all for nothing. In the second half, he went 0 for 3 from the field. What in the world? They just... I don't understand it. I don't get it. Why he's cooking? Over three from the. This is a second game now in a row where it's like, man, hey, figure out some offense in the second half. And it's and I know okay, late they they stormed back with two minutes left and scored all these points. Okay, awesome. But part part of the way you don't get down sixteen with two minutes left is making sure that Demonis Sabonis. And again, I don't know if this is a coaching thing or if this is a Domas thing. I don't know. But well, if it's a team thing, it's it's possible that it's a team thing. Yeah, it's possible that other guys are like, "Oh, it's my turn to eat." Maybe, but he scored five points. Ironically, all at the free throw line, nine boards, great, four assists, love it. That's awesome. But I need more than three shots for Demonis Sabonis in in the second half of a of a yep. game that you're losing. I, 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 like I said, I don't care why or how. Fix it. Uh, fix it. Number six. Uh, something new. Keegan Murray uh, is a perimeter marksman, um, but he's starting to show 
a whole bunch of other stuff, Kyle. Like, if you're not getting excited about what's happening with Keegan Murray, it's hidden in the losses. My goodness, man, he's becoming a ball player. I think last night he had at least five dunks. And it may have been six. They robbed him of a dunk early. The only way I know this is because I take his point five prize prize picks. I'm sorry, the more. The more. I take more in prize picks. Every single game, they're going to steal my stat. They're going to take the stat away anytime. But until they do... I'm riding this, baby. I'm riding it. Uh, he is developing right in front of our eyes, and I think it's really interesting. 27 points, 8 rebounds. Again, kind of just hidden in a, in a, in a bad loss. Yeah, he is, he is developing, I think, the way that they wanted him to develop. He needed to be better off the bounce this year mm-hmm. than he was last year. And you, you saw it a tiny bit last year. You saw it a little bit in the first half of this year. But I think you're you're really starting to see it. And now I think the next step is, okay, that's great. You've got all that in your bag. Mm-hmm. But now in a in a spot where Kings need a bucket, he needs to be one of the guys that they go to. Yes. To say, hey, take it on the wing, put the ball on the floor, go get a shot that you are comfortable getting. You can see the pathway forward for this team yep. is Keegan Murray is taking this so step. so clear. It is very, very clear. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. All right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about... Kevin Herter specifically. Okay. He's been very good the last three games. Is he upping his trade value? Oh. Or the opposite, is he Making taking himself, himself off the table? For This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The Kings, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. All right, hang on. I messed up. Hang on. All right, let's see. We got to get rid of that. We got to get rid of that. And we're going to take that down. All right, hey, welcome back in. Um, I messed up in the last segment. That's fine. We do six quick thoughts around here, (laughs) not five. Six (laughs) is one more than five. It goes four, then five, and then six. So I botched that. That's on me. I'll wear that. 100% my fault. I lost track of which quick thought we were on. Um, All right. 
How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Not great. Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to well, know. Well, he has one more. Here are James Ham's six well, one, quick his sixth. thoughts. Here's James Ham's sixth quick thought. All right, number six, James. Uh, I'm waiting for the bell. My bad. Hang on. Number. Oh, oh, oh my God. Figure it out, kid. Uh, there we go. Bench, benchless in Sacramento. It's my homage to Sleepless in Seattle. There you go. It's very good. There you go. I got it. I got uh, the rest. The Kings is the Kings bench has been solid. That wasn't the case in this one. Midway through the third quarter, they had four total points, all of which Malik Monk had scored. They finished with 16, nine from Monk, seven from Sasha Vazenkov, who keeps playing himself in to the rotation. Every time he steps on the court, he's just so sneaky. Like, no, he's just a good player. High IQ player. Should he start over Harrison Barnes? No. Because I saw a bunch of people saying that last night. If you're going to plant Harrison Barnes in the corner and have him shoot threes, why not just have Sasha Vazenkov do it? Well, Sasha Vazenkov, by the way, uh, averaging .2 fewer rebounds per game than Harrison Barnes. No. Swear to God. There are eight players on the Kings averaging more rebounds than Harrison Barnes. All four Mm. starters, Trey Lyles, Alex Len, and JaVale McGee, both of whom play fewer than nine minutes per game. I think a, an even more intriguing stat might be to look at the per 36 and see where, um, yeah, Harrison Barnes per 36. 10th? 12th? Last? He's 16th. Out of 15? <laughs> the only people behind him are Jordan Ford, Davion Mitchell, and the artist formerly known as Philippe Petrusif. Oh, Philippe, R.I.P. 3.4 rebounds per 36. I mean, Keon Ellis is up there. Uh, like, at, well, everyone is up there. Juan Toscano Anderson, just so you know. Quite literally, every player on the team is above him. <laughs> Except for Jordan Ford and Davion Mitchell. Of course. Uh, yeah, um... Juan Toscano Anderson, JTA, is fourth on the team in rebounds per 36. He hustles. He does hustle. Wow. Okay. If you if you put Juan Toscano Anderson's verve. His motor. <laughs> His yeah. motor. Oh, motor is a way yeah. better word. Yeah. If yeah. you put Juan Toscano Anderson's motor in, in – if Harrison Barnes had Juan Toscano Anderson's motor, mm-hmm. he'd be awesome. He'd be a really good player. Yeah, he'd probably be like Lance Stevenson. Yeah, but I think probably a better shooter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That that kind of that kind of player. He'd be a six eight, good sized wing who could guard two through five, depending on the two three through five reliably, and knock down threes and put the ball on the deck and make plays. And instead, yeah. he's that's it's, it's kind of out there. Maybe run our test. Like, you just, like, but I, you just can't do that. Yeah, I mean, like, we can't make a player. Well, they've tried. It's called Victor Wimbanyama. But they've tried to create him in a lab, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, t- TBD. <laughs> yeah, TBD. So you had an interesting note about that the may or may not relate to Harrison Barnes. What was the roster move the Kings just made? Uh, Kessler Edwards has been sent to the Stockton Kings of the G League. So they're definitely like, hey, Kessler, go play the four figure it out, and then 
see if he does so he can they have an option to replace Harrison Barnes in the starting lineup I, I guess but I, I feel bad for Kessler because he's up against uh like five 28 to 32 year old former NBA players that play for the Stockton Kings because championships matter Kyle championships at the G League le- level matter yeah no if you're not I mean why have a team if you're not gonna try to win a title the, uh, no. yeah they <laughs> matter Kyle they matter no so you really hang on so this is a two-part question let's put a pin in the Harrison Barnes aspect okay the, I want to hear I'm your two-part intrigued, I'm now intrigued by the Stockton aspect because your your John Dickinson two-part question is coming I love it well but that's I'm what gonna, I call them right but but I'm not nearly as much of a pro as JD but I'm gonna separate this okay I'm gonna ask two questions that are related but separately okay the first being the same but different okay the first one, we're putting a pin in the Harrison Barnes aspect of this. I just want to talk about Kessler Edwards and Stockton. So the Kings, the Sacramento Kings, the NBA team, they are sending a player down off of their roster to Stockton, presumably to play. Stretch his legs. That's right, what you would right. think. Get out there, play the four, and just do the stuff that Harrison Barnes does so they can evaluate how he does. Get some experience, especially right. like he's on an expiring contract. And what mm-hmm. is he, 23 years old? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. He's, it, I don't down. know exactly how old he is, but he's not old. So go play, right? He's 23. Is there a scenario where the head coach of the Stockton Kings is like, great, he's going to be on the bench because I got to get Jeremy Lamb and Shabazz Muhammad out there? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's- That it's seems Lindsay, insane. It's Lindsay Harding, so she's she's got to be taking directives from Mike Brown. That's it. Because that's, that's the way it's supposed to go. Right. But, like, look, that, that team is laser-focused on victories. Like, Scalabissier is playing huge minutes- they just like Deontay Burton is like twenty nine years old. Like Jeremy Lamb is in you know like he's Jeremy Lamb's like my age. He's like entering his mid thirties and playing. So Shabazz Muhammad, um, you know that they have one other kid that they they traded for not too long ago, like a week or or two ago, who again is like a twenty six to twenty eight year old. This is not the the D League. This is the Gatorade League. It's wait, hang on. Stanley Johnson's on the Stockton Kings. Yeah, Stanley oh Johnson is on the Sacramento Kings. I mean, the Stockton Kings. The Stockton oh Kings. God. Yeah. This is just, so this is an All Star team of players. I was just wrong about. This is an All Star team of players I loved who are just not good basketball players in the NBA. Okay. This is really funny. It, well, but that doesn't mean that they're they're not gonna be. That that they're not like functional players, so I no, mean, I no, I know. But if they were good, they wouldn't be in their thirties playing in the G League. Yes, no, no. Of course. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Mason so, Jones, that's the other guy. The Mason Jones was born in 1998, so maybe he's oh, what 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 26 yeah. if he was early 98. Okay. Um, no, so I just can't imagine the Kings would be like, hey, we need Kessler Edwards to play 25 minutes a night, mm-hmm. and we need him to put up threes. And maybe put the ball on the deck now and then, and guard the other team's, you know, best perimeter player, and do all this stuff so we can evaluate and see what we have here. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do it at the NBA level because you got to try and win some games, and he can't be confident he's going to help you do that. So that there's, you believe there, or do you believe there's a realistic possibility that Lindsey Harding is going to be like, nah. No, I don't feel that way. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. When it so comes to something really like this. So he's not really competing with 30-year-olds. No. Well, he is. I mean, he's still going to compete with them for minutes. And in crunch time, if they need to go to somebody else, they're going to. But, like, look, this is, 
like the this the Kings G League roster is doing some interesting stuff. So uh, again, like summer league championships don't really matter. Like you can hang a banner if you want, but that it it doesn't really matter in the long. I mean, if you're building a program, it's positivity. I get that, but like no one ever like won a summer league championship and that led to them winning an NBA title the next year. Like that's not typically how this thing goes. So like, look, I, I hope he goes down there. And, and if there's, if nothing else, I'll say this, he's going to play with players that, that should know what they're doing. Ideally. Like, it's not like he's going down there and playing with a, a bunch of young players that uh, are still trying to find themselves or anything else. Mm-hmm. He's going down there and playing with a bunch of guys who would love nothing more than to drop 40 three nights in a row and try to get a call up to the bigs. Like that's where he's going. So I hope that that means that he'll have an opportunity to do what he's supposed to do, which is sit in the corner and shoot open threes, mm-hmm. hit open threes, and then play defense at an elite level. Yeah. And if he can do that, he can add a little bit of rebounding, mm-hmm. then sure, why not? Because that's where we're going here. And when you say a little bit of rebounding, the bar is not high. <laughs> well, if you can't, I can mean... Can me three? As of right now, uh, like, where is uh, Kessler Edwards is... Uh, He's not 16th. He's 14th on the Kings in, in rebounds per 36 minutes. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Just ahead of Harrison? Um, no, he's 11th. He's 11th. 5.5. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I, I just, I, I honestly, I love the idea. If there's nothing on the trade market that, and this is where the Kevin Herter thing comes in for me, because if Kevin Herter is all of a sudden a player, the Kings are like, hey, we can't, like, unless we're adding a, another elite three-point shooter, you can't just go get some rando that may or may not shoot 36, 37% and play some good defense yeah. because you have Kevin Herter who looks like he's back to shooting 40 plus percent again. Yeah, Kevin Herter looks like Kevin Herter. Yeah. Like which is a a super valuable piece of the team and I don't know that there's a player that's going to be available in the trade market that you feel like you're getting equal value back on your team if you're dealing Kevin Herter. So that's what it, his play over the last few games has potentially, I don't know. Change mm-hmm. the calculus for the Kings a little bit. But I think this Kessler Edwards thing is really interesting because, A, the Kings, I promise, you, 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 I, I see it in the chatty house right here. YouTube.com slash ESPN1320 and Twitch.tv slash ESPN1320 if you want to contribute to the chatty house. Also, if you're there, hit the thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Anyways, I see it in the chatty house. I see it on Twitter. I know you see it on Twitter. Or talking to people. Or being at a game and listening to people. Mm-hmm. And you hear, why is Harrison Barnes still starting? Why why is he playing? Why is if he's gonna go two shots in twenty two minutes and score two points and grab one rebound and have one assist, why is he out there? If he's gonna get cooked by TJ McConnell when he guards him on defense, what is he doing? Like what what's the point? And we've talked about this before. The, the Kings don't have a really like like logical replacement. Yeah. Who's going to be significantly better without messing up what you're doing down your bench. But I think this is the Kings acknowledging by sending Kessler Edwards down theoretically to get him some playing time to see if he can play over Harrison Barnes mm-hmm. is acknowledging like, yeah, no, we know. Like, I promise the Kings aren't looking at Harrison Barnes going, hell yeah. Like, this is awesome. I mean, this this could be something way more simple, like Kessler Edwards hasn't got to play in weeks and you need to stretch his legs because the Kings haven't been able to do a full contact practice for, for a while because some of their guys are banged up and they're on the road and all that stuff. And so maybe you're just trying to get Kessler Edwards some burn 
So it doesn't I'm necessarily... going to ride my theory. Okay, your theory is much more interesting. I, I totally agree where you're like, hey, why not? Like, at this point, why not? Yeah. And, and you know, like, if you look at last night's game, right, the fact that he has one rebound and one assist in 22 minutes is is just unacceptable. It just flat out. It's unacceptable. Now, the assist, I can look at the assist total and tell you, hey, I don't look at that because it, the dude doesn't have the ball in his hands enough to make it no to doubt. have any assist. No doubt. But the rebound number, when you put someone else in his position and all of a sudden they go and get three or four rebounds, that's kind of all everyone is asking for. Maybe maybe get five because this guy used to average six and a half rebounds a game. Yes. So like maybe that's what you need to do. But um, I would say even if you look at last night's game where he goes one of two from the field and everyone could say, hey, I want him to have more shots. I want him to have more shots. Why didn't he take more than two shots? Well, Keegan Murray took 18 and Demonis Sabonis took 13 and Kevin Herter got hot and took 17 and De'Aaron Fox took 20. So the other guys in the starting lineup took a total of 68 shots. I believe that's what the total is. Quick math, uh, 30, 50, 68, 68 shots. Mm -hmm. Your starting lineup took 70 shots. That's a really good total. So Harrison Barnes is left out in the cold. He's not part mm -hmm. of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And there's no way for him to like, on occasion, maybe he could demand the ball or something, but like, look, he's not going to do that. No. <laughs> well, that's just not who he's ever been is right. to be like a selfish guy. But last night specifically, the bulk of shots that came from the starting lineup was, was a lot. And mm -hmm. it's because they were hitting, uh, you know, like Fox eight of 20. That's still so, 40%. It's not perfect, but it's still 40%. I, so I, I get the whole field goal attempts aspect of this. Yes. It's all the other stuff. And it is. It is wild. Like, I posted a shot chart on Twitter. It is wild that you look at all these other starters mm -hmm. shooting all these, and then there's this guy with two shots. It's not even the field goal attempts. And it's not really even the points. Mm -hmm. It's that rebounding number. It's yeah. the fact that in 22 minutes, this six foot eight athlete, Grabbed one board? You got one? Again? And this isn't a one-off. This isn't, hey, Harrison Barnes had one bad night. This is a, a an exclamation point on an accumulation of games where it's a lack of overall effectiveness. You can pick whatever stat you want. Yes. But it is the lack of overall effectiveness from Harrison Barnes. And maybe, maybe you have mentioned this several times when we've talked about this. Maybe if he goes up and gets a rebound and gets a putback mm -hmm. or... He gets a rebound, he kicks it out, he relocates, now he's open because he has grabbed an offensive rebound. Maybe if he grabs a defensive rebound and gets out and runs, uh, defense is scrambling, oh look, he gets a wide open coast-to-coast -coast layup. And now all of a sudden he's got eight field goal, to, field goal attempts and he has 12 points. And, and, and the field goal aspect of this goes away because, hey, he is grabbing rebounds. He is asserting himself, or not asserting himself, but just inserting himself into the action and forcing the issue by going and getting the basketball. That's that's what that's where the frustration lies for me. It's not hey he only took two shots he needs to shoot it more. Mm -hmm. Like nah man I, 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 it's that's not really the issue. It's the fact that he just exists on the court so often without impacting the game. Well, Kyle, I mean, I like all. to to your point this season. He has twelve games where he has one rebound or less, and three of those games he has zero. He also has another six games where he has two rebounds. So he has 18 of the team's 41 games where he's had two rebounds or fewer. And that's like, look, that to that's me... That's a starting power forward in the NBA. 
yeah, I, I, that's where I'm confused. Like, why is it? Is he not? Is he being told not to crash? Is he the first guy back? What is it that that's happening here? And I'm not sure. I don't know how to like. But I'll also tell you, Kyle, this happened midway through last season. Like, I, it started in February where mm-hmm. he stopped rebounding, and I don't know if that was a made some sort of structural change where he's not in the same position to go rebound. Whatever it is, like there should be. They have what's called the crash zone, and it's where the the two guys that are in the corners fly into the middle to go crash the offensive glass. Yeah, I mean, it's just not happening. I, like again, I don't I don't know what to like heads or tails of what's happening here, but this season that crash zone, I mean, twenty of the forty one games he has zero offensive rebounds, and you know we're talking. He's only got an offensive rebound in a, uh, like more than one offensive rebound in 11 of the 41 games. The other 30, he has one or fewer offensive rebounds. And that's where like the crash zone thing is real. Mm-hmm. Like, and you see other players come in and all of a sudden they're living in the crash zone. But yep. I also know it's, it's difficult when you're playing alongside the best rebounder in the NBA, when you're playing alongside DeMontis Sabonis. And, sure. But sure. But somehow that doesn't affect. So many other players' ability to average as many or more rebounds as Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Sasha Vizenkov, all right? Sasha Vizenkov is playing 13 minutes a game. Sorry, 12.9 minutes a game. And averaging 0.2 fewer rebounds per game than Harrison Barnes. That's wild. And it's not like Sasha Vizenkov is some seven-footer who just goes in there and cleans up the glass. I don't know that... Like he can jump over a phone book, but two phone books stacked on top of each other—it's <laughs> dicey. I, it's that's like that's not who he is, but he's a very very smart position right. rebounder. He gets he gets to a spot. And he's a body, yep. and he he reaches up and snares the ball, gets the ball. Yeah, like that, and that's that is where, mm. like I said, I I understand that if maybe I I mean I don't know I don't know the guy, but maybe being included in every trade machine involving the Kings affects a player that much. Well, okay, and that's what I'm going to say. A lot of people say he's checked out. This dude's under a lot of stress. Like, he signed back in Sacramento for a three-year, what is it, $54 million deal, whatever. Yeah. Expecting to finish out most of the rest of his career here. Like, he signed a three-year deal to play in Sacramento. He did not sign a three-year deal to just get money and then hopefully get traded somewhere else. And, and so this is wearing on him. I know that to be the fact. Okay. And okay. so, like, look, this is, it's tough. Like, every player deals with it differently, but it's also really tough for you to be a player who slowly has been downgraded and downgraded and downgraded in your situation. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're seeing guys in Golden State who are clinging on to who they were so hard that they can't, Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is a happy medium here between, mm-hmm. you know, being Clay Thompson and like refusing to acknowledge that you aren't the same player and being willing to accept a lesser role and being where Harrison Barnes is, where you're too willing to accept a lesser role and you need to be more. And that's difficult. It is like, I don't know how to like put a guy in the right spot and, and make sure that he's right mentally, especially where every single day you see his name and Every single trade. Everyone. Every, everyone. The Kings are mentioned with every single major player that's up for grabs, and Harrison Barnes is now the centerpiece in every one of those trades. It is Harrison Barnes and stuff. 
Well, like, <laughs> well, I mean, just deal. for sake of, like, so people understand, like, if they made the Pascal Siakam trade, Harrison Barnes was getting traded to another country. Yeah. He was getting traded. On the opposite side of the map. 3,000 miles away to a different country mm-hmm. where, like, moving your, your wife and child, maybe you don't get to move your wife and child. Maybe they have too many things going on. Maybe you have to go get a passport and then you have to expedite it. And that's expensive. <laughs> And, and let and me if, tell you. And if you can't get, you need to call your congressman if you can't get it in time, or your local senator. Right. Yeah. And you got to get a long form birth certificate. Yeah. And you got to say, oh, it's a whole thing. I know. It's absolutely oh, you deal wild. Deal with lines at the post office. Oh my gosh. It's it's uh, Kyle. This is happening for you <laughs> right now. I can tell. Yeah. 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 It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got our sixteen year old. He's he's we we got to get his passport renewed. I love the I love the idea that Harrison Barnes. Is sitting there and like, oh man, you're stressing out about the trade deadline. He's like, no, I got, I got, 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 I haven't gotten an update on where my passport is. I expedite. Yeah, it's supposed to be three weeks. It's yeah, been three and a half. He's sitting there googling. What is it? Tom Hortons. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Yeah, like yeah. just looking up. Like, <laughs> it's I, no, it's tough. Shop. That's what. Like, I always try to Vic explain. Biscoff. Like getting traded in the middle of a season is brutal for players, especially players no doubt. with families. No doubt. And and I I get it if it's weighing on him it's like it would weigh on me, the trade deadline takes a ton out of me as well like all the things that I'm doing all the time mm-hmm. the conversations I'm having all over the country all the time and like, you don't even have to move I don't and all the little information that we're getting yeah and they can't trade me somewhere else because at, at this point I think they would like to trade me somewhere else but they can't Kyle they can't trade me somewhere else. No, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't show up in the 72-hour window. The Kings are required trade. Dorian Finney-Smith in exchange for Harrison Barnes, a 2028 second-round pick, and James Ham Of the subscribe, insiders. Subscribe to the Nets beat. <laughs> 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 All right. There yeah. it is. Yeah, I, so I get it. Like, I don't – and this is, again, everything I say on this show, everything you say on this show about any athlete is – couched in like under understanding that the 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 personal side of this is is separate Mm -hmm. i don't i'm not gonna look at harrison barnes performances this year and go actually it's okay because he's stressed out like i get i get that that's a a cause for it Mm -hmm. but at the same time we needed the kings have lost four in a row they, yeah. they are in a spot where their roster does not look like it's ready to compete for a championship, and our discussion has to center around, like, hey, how do they get there? Yeah. And how do they get out of it? And ha- Right. How do, they, how, do they, how do they win a game? How do they get their team to, po- to, to championship contention? Like, that has to be the conversation. So, again, all due respect to every single player as a person, as a human, and as a, as mm-hmm. a man. Like, I f- can't fathom what they go through put their bodies through but on during the season after the season the stress of free agency the stress of getting traded and you know getting benched whatever it is i get, i i get that i couldn't fathom what that's like but also <laughs> we need to have these real conversations about a player who goes out and in a game that the kings lost by 5 their starting power forward went for 2-1 one and 1 in 22 minutes in 22 minutes yeah no i, I i'm with you man i like it, it, yeah, we have to keep it real. We have to be honest with, you know, the conversation. But also, it has to be nuanced. And people have to understand that there's more than just right. a guy isn't doing anything on the court. Because, uh, like, some, if you could find a, a 
a shooter that, it, like, if Harrison Barnes is going to be this player, right, you can find other people. Kessler Edwards, in reality, could do a lot. Now, people aren't going to respect Kessler Edwards. They're not going to stay with him on the three-point line. So, yes, mm-hmm. it would hurt your offense. Mm-hmm. They're just not. They're not going to defend him. Right. You have to defend Harrison Barnes. Yes. And so there is something different than I, I think people are missing there. But there are a lot of players in the league that can shoot the three ball at a high clip that people understand can shoot the three ball who can also defend at a higher level than what we're seeing or who can also go get you six rebounds. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, you swap out Harrison Barnes for Josh Hart and this team is, is totally different. Mm -hmm. I mean, straight up like you, Josh Hart's like six, four. Yeah. You add that rebounding element and you're totally different. You switch him out for Matisse Thibel. Now, all of a sudden, you you have an elite defender on the perimeter to go with. Mm-hmm. Like, the the T.J. McConnell thing doesn't happen last night. Yep. You have someone else to slow down Steph Curry in, in Game 6 and Game 7. Yeah. Like, those those are things that actually matter. And so, yeah, it's tough. They got, they got some things to figure out, which is why these guys are mentioned in trade conversations. Yep. And they will continue to be mentioned all the way through the trade deadline or until the Kings make a deal, which could, you know, happen any day. So keep it locked into ESPN 1320 because the second there is a deal, we will have it for you and we'll be breaking it down. And we appreciate everybody who is here watching and listening uh, to the Insiders. D'Lo and KC coming up at noon. We need to hit a break. We're also going to switch gears real quick. Uh The 49ers play a playoff game this weekend. Saturday, 5.15, they host the Green Bay Packers. We're going to talk to Nick Wagner. He covers the 49ers for ESPN. Uh, Good buddy of mine, a good friend of the show. Uh, We will talk about this 49ers-Packers showdown at Levi Stadium with him. Coming up next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube, right here on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 